Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. Welcome back, folks, to the Hard Shop Life. <laughs> G-Man, since you weren't able to do my own in- my intro, I might as well just do it for myself. That's your intro? That's your it's going to have to be, because what am I going to do? Intro. I don't know. I'm going to think of one. i got to come up with a good intro for you. All right. This is uh, Coach Jay and the G-Man. This is the Hard Shop Life, and we're back. And I'm Don Pardo with your host, Coach Jay. Take it away, Jay. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> that was good. That was really good. I got to give it to you. That was a good one. You had to give me a second. I'll come over yeah, one. <laughs> you did a good job. It's an evolution. All right, G-Man, we're back, and you're the one who holds the title to this episode. The title to this episode is... Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Wow. Alex, I'll take who's in charge for 200. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this episode came to us because in a lot of instances, I think everybody heard the the old uh, euphemism that – uh, you you can't let the tail wag the dog. Yeah, don't let the dog. Don't let the tail wag don't the dog. Don't let the tail right. wag the dog. And so we were talking about like those kinds of circumstances where we have a strong personality, maybe as a technician in the shop or a shop foreman or a service advisor or or even an assistant manager or something like that, where they have a pretty strong personality and uh, and they're basically in, they're they're in control of things even though they don't have the title of service manager right. or, or, or service director or whatever you want to call it. And that is really the the definition of the tail wagging the dog. And I've seen it in a lot of a lot of instances. And um it's uh it is an ineffective way to run a service department. Oh, very much so. Because what ends up happening is even though it's just one person, it really does take the wind out of the sails of the of the manager the person in charge it really does like limit his ability to lead because everybody knows who really is calling the shots there you know i think it's sad it's sad yeah yeah because you have this title you've worked so hard you've gotten all this responsibility you're probably not getting paid as much as your number one advisor let's be honest and and i'm going to tell you right now service advisors out there listening to this you think your service manager makes more money than you? Wait till you get offered the position and learn and see what the what it is. Yeah, maybe they get a salary and a percentage of the of the net. But I'm gonna tell you right now, man. Service advisors make all the money. Yeah, it's true. And and true. and they're gonna. I'm telling you. I know you're mad at me. I know right now. Like, oh no way. Oh my god. No way. We don't make no Okay. Maybe. I mean, I made more money as a tech. Oh yeah. Than I did as an assistant service manager. I was bankrolling it. <laughs> bankrolling. I'll tell you right now, as a service advisor, when I got offered the position of service manager, I was so excited knowing, knowing that I would take a little bit of a pay cut. Little bit. I took a pay cut, mm-hmm. right? I took a pay cut to grow it. And I was willing to make the sacrifice. I completely forgot about the amount of money I was making on spiffs. Mm, I mean, yeah. come on, man! I paid, I paid my, I paid my, my 
actual wedding. Okay. My in-laws gave us $15,000 and I used $25,000 in spiff money that I had stored in my, underneath my bed. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, I did. Now, it wasn't all for the wedding. It was part of it for the for the uh, honeymoon. But yeah, that's where my money went. Wow. So, yeah. So, so, so back to this, you know, these situations and scenarios where. I think that's how that, that situation develops though, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the bully has grown absolutely. from that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's the ego. The ego just gets so big. Mm. And you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's, it's, it's the manager's fault. Yeah. So how it's does the that, organization's fault. How do you that, think? Well, I think it's both, but I think. I think it really does fall on the shoulders of the manager. He needs to do something about it. And if it's there, he can't he can't look away from it and say, well, that doesn't matter. He needs to deal with the situation. Okay. And I think that's oftentimes the problem is that you're the top earner in the store. You're, you know, or maybe you're the highest trained technician and you turn a bunch of hours. And that's the person we just can't live without. I just right. can't live without him. And when you put somebody up on a pedestal like that, they really the the final answer is that person is going to become entitled. They're going to feel entitled and empowered, and then they're basically they they are untouchable. Mm-hmm. And when you have you have uh, actions with no consequence, then you do whatever you want. And when right. you do that, now all of a sudden you've created this this force inside your service department that's going to be working against you, right. service or parts for that right. matter. Um, and I think, I mean, to be honest with you, this could be any industry. Really. Oh yeah. Anywhere. I mean, everybody, anywhere anytime you have somebody you feel like you can't live without that then uses that as a weapon against you. That's where you come up with this situation where the tail's wagging the dog. And really t- to be quite honest, you're creating a bully. I a hundred percent. Right. All right. So today's, today's episode actually and we're going to put this in our comments. We're going to put this in the little subject line. This is going to be the short version for those of you that have ADHD and can't listen to episodes too long. And then the regular timed version, right? So we're going to do both. So so <clears throat> here's the answer. Here's the solution. Here's the, the short-term solution of and my version of the short version of this episode. So once I give you the solution now, okay – um, you can just cut it off and then do what you do with it. So here's a scenario. Again, we have somebody in the, de- in the service department, somebody in the parts department, somebody in the, in the, in the, somebody in your business, in a business, in the business that has to work with others in a department. Let's right. just say that mm-hmm. who is the bully and maybe is a top performer and has a lot of leadership skills, a lot of influence, Mm-hmm. A lot of influence, and it's usually the guy who speaks the loudest and would either is the criticized guy, the critique, right? Yes. So, just to keep it short on this episode, this is the solution: fire him, <laughs> fire them. That's it. That's it. Okay, you can now stop this episode and you can move on. The answer is fire them. No further explanation. No further necessary. explanation. That's it. Fire them. Okay. And, and let me tell you something. I'm going to go have a dead silence so you can go ahead and end the episode. The episode. Uh, Lucas, play the, 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 the outro. Play the just, just play the exit music. All right. Now we're back. 
And here's the extended part version. Two. Part two. Yeah, no, the, yeah. The, 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 not even part two. It's just the extent. The extended version. Um, director's cut. <laughs> uh, this is what it is. So we have a guy, a person, who demands, demands, and sets rules based on their own system. Yep. Right? Like, and I'm talking about the person that says, mm, that's not going to work. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, no, no. Look, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this long enough. Don't come in here and tell me what I need to do because I already do enough. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have the performance numbers that you have. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for me, technicians wouldn't be demanding to work mm-hmm. with me. So I, I worked a store in uh, um, in Chicago for a while. And uh, I remember, I remember this like it was yesterday. The the service manager wouldn't go out in the shop. What? He literally would not go out in the shop. What? He wouldn't go out there because there was a bully out there. It's like it's like coming home from school and you take a different way home because you don't want to get bullied by the kids in the park, right? Yep. And that's exactly what it was. I remember saying, hey, come on. We got to do shop meeting. Like, let's go out and meet with the techs. Let's get these guys fired up. You know, let's get some things going. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, I got this thing going on. And he would make excuses. But at the end of the day, he literally did not want to go out there. He and I had a long conversation about it when we uncovered the fact. I, I uncovered why. So there was a guy out there. He was the top, one of the top performers. He had all the training. He could turn a lot of hours. Um, and... <clears throat> And he, because of that, he was put up on a pedestal. And this manager was a young manager who came from sales, which is a really tough transition. Like we don't get a lot of service managers coming from sales, right? Mm-hmm. So he was managing from fear. Like his goal was just to keep the wheels on the bus. Like I'm a new manager. I've been given this thing. Like I just want to make sure I don't screw it up, right? And uh, and so he wasn't about to fire this guy. He's got the top earner. What? He'd be crazy to fire this guy, right, with the, the hours that he turns. And so he um, so he just kind of lived with it. And on top of that, it made things worse. He just kept empowering him over and over and over again. The more he wouldn't deal with it, the more empowered the guy felt. And uh, so I said, that's it. You know, we're, we're taking this head on. Like, we're going into the shop. We're going to control the tempo. We're going to set the pace. We're going to talk to these people. They're going to do what we tell them to do, and that's it. Like, the, the hammer's coming down. We got a business to run, and that business is bigger than just one person. Mm-hmm. And I've said this on other podcasts, and you'll hear me say it a million times. Your responsibility as a manager is for the hundred or so souls that work there. Yep. You're there to provide a stable business so that those people can make a living. Yep. And that's it. And if you feel different, you're in the wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. And I don't care what business you're in. But if you're running a, a business, that's your job. And so for me, like when I see something like that, it offends me because he is benefiting while he's hurting others. That's the thing that bothers me the most by controlling the outcome, by holding back progress, by not allowing the business to grow and prosper. Because he won't play along with whatever it is you want you want to do. To me, that person is hurting the, the, the other, the cashier that needs a raise because she's a single mom, right? And she wants she needs to buy a new car or whatever it is. But gee, man, he makes all the money for us. Right. I can't touch him. Oh my God. If I get rid of him, everybody else is going to walk. So 
That's what he said. <laughs> Mind you, I've never heard this story before, right. so I just nope. know you just know you just know the narrative. That's you what he know. said. Okay, and I pushed him in the shop, anyways. Of course, and it ended up coming. And it ended up coming to a, a head after I left. So I, I was only there, you know, I was there a week, a month, and so I left to come back home. And he calls me a few days later, and he says, "I want to thank you for pushing me to do that." And he said, um, "It didn't take long, but we had it out in the shop." And I told him, that's it. I'm not going to take this anymore. Um, you got to pack up your stuff and go. And he fired him. And he left. And the entire shop changed. So I came back a few weeks later. And the whole mood, the entire service department, parts department, every like that dealership, like a cloud lifted off of it. It was crazy, the transformation. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We, we've we been taught in this industry that when you go into a place or whatever, you need to shoot the hostage, right? Right. I say F that, man. Shoot the terrorist. Go find that son of a bitch <laughs> and fucking and destroy him, right? Ring him from the rafters and say, bro, you're a terrorist here. Yeah. You're the bully. You're the terrorist. I'm going to shoot you in front of everybody. Like, I'm not going to deal with that. Like, I'll never forget one time. There was um, – I, I, when I first started, I was I was just a young buck. And the number one service advisor with this was this lady. And she was amazing, amazing, okay? She had been there for 20 years. She was the number one advisor in the company. And I'm telling you, this company had at the time 90 stores. She was number one. She killed it. She destroyed it. People would drive in. If she wasn't there, they'd drive. I mean, she 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 murdered it, right? And then, but she was the bully, right? Mm. She was the one that would go out there. That's my customer. No, nope, give it to me. Like everybody laughed at me because I first started and I gave her everything, right? I would, I actually, she trained me to the point where I would go to her and go, hey, is this your customer? Mm. And she'd be like, actually it is. I'll take that from you. Oh, they're here for a timing belt. Go ahead and have it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's right? A, here's a gift. Yeah. And and so everybody made fun of me and I was like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, I don't want to I don't want to ruffle feathers. Uh. Mm-hmm. And she would do that, right? And then she, you know, the manager would call a meeting or something. Okay, everybody needs to be here like, oh, can't make it. Yeah. It got to the point, bro, where she didn't even give the excuse. She would say, "Can't make it." Nope. Yeah. And nope. so like looking like looking back on that, it doesn't it create confusion? Because don't you feel like well, the truth is she's really in charge. Yes. Right? Yes. It's like, yeah, there's a manager here and he's got the title. Yeah. But she's really the one. I yeah. Need to, I need to make sure she's happy. Yeah. Because she'll make my life miserable. Yeah. yeah. So in and, and the funny – the bad part is, is is she for some way, shape, or form had all the support of the controller. Uh, okay? And this lady had been there for a long time. She had a backer. Time. Oh, she had a backer, 100%. Right. And the controller, she would, the controller, I kid you not, would say, I will be the number one advocate for all the females in this business. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, of course, she would run up to her and she would come back. Oh, can we figure this out? And maybe there's a misunderstanding and all that stuff. Right. And it would drive the manager crazy and said, look, I told her, well, maybe she had a reason or, you know, she has whatever. Right. And it was like, I can't do it. So what did he do? It was amazing. He just pressed forward over and over. He played the game amazingly where he kept exposing her, mm. right? She was not doing whatever to the point where she just said, you know what? I'm going to, you know, don't make me quit. She said that. Don't make me quit. 
Because I'll tell you what, this place will go in flames if I leave. <laughs> if I leave. That's a funny Come on. Okay. If I if I leave, do you know this is going you will bankrupt. Oh yeah. You will go bankrupt. Oh my god, we can't live without that. Okay. Me. And I'm telling there's nine advisors. And yeah. she's one. And she's telling everybody, if I leave, it would be a detriment to this business. Okay? So one day she goes and she tells the service director, right? Or the fix ops director, and says, This is outrageous. I don't want to. Oh, that was another thing. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah, our audience members are going to deal with this. She didn't work Saturdays. Oh, yeah. That's the best. <laughs> That's always the case, right? Like They always get the good schedule. Like, like yeah. never yeah. am I going to work Saturday. Yeah. Like, don't even bring it up. Yeah. Right? And the funny part is, and, and I'll tell you what. He was a smart man, our fixed ops director. He was a smart man. My mentor, he's a smart man because he made a deal with her. I said, okay, if you're the number one advisor, that's fine. I'll give you a pass until another new number one showed up. Mm. And he loved it. He loved it because now it was open game. Oh, you're not number one anymore. The v- yeah. I'm telling you the very first month, the first month she was not number one. The new schedule came out. Yep. <laughs> the first time, and she went sideways. Mm. She says, absolutely not. I have not worked a Saturday in two and a half years, three years. I'm not going to just come. No, 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 no. Right, You're right. And congratulations. You've been the top person in two and a half years. You just got taken over. You're working Saturday. Right? Get back on top. She didn't want to take it. She said, no, I'm not working on Saturday. I have too many things I've scheduled. Nope. Can't do it. Sayonara. Cannot, cannot do it. <laughs> she goes, if you make me work Saturday, I'm going to quit. Right? Yeah. And that was the that was the thing. Oh, my gosh. Here it goes again. Here comes the general manager coming into the fixed ops directors. To, to, you know, here comes the controller. Hey, 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 hey. How can we figure this out? You know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, no, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to be bullied. Right now, the good news is, and this is rare because most of you, of our audience members right now are listening, going, "Yeah, <laughs> once a general manager comes into my store, I'm just going to listen to whatever they're saying, and I'm not going to." Okay, fine. She can stay as long as she wants. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is this fixed ops director had a very good reputation of making a lot of money, mm. and the general manager already knew that. Right. At that moment in time, our fixed absorption was in the 90 percentile, above 90 percent. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And she was taking all the credit for it. Right. Because of my sales, you'll get here. Mm-hmm. He cut a deal with the general manager. because goes, well, let me lead and let me do what I do because I can assure you she's already now in second place. He said that to him. She's now in second place. Now, mind you, the deal was she doesn't, she doesn't have to work Saturdays if she's in first place. But she's in second place. What was her excuse, do you think? Uh, it was a bad month. Bad month. That's yeah. in- Boom. Uh, but I just had a bad month. Bad. It happens to us. We just have a bad month. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So next month, I'll, t- I'll, remove you, I'll remove you again. But as of right now, you're working this month, Saturdays. And at that time, it was every other Saturday. She had to work two. Oh, God. What a hard life. What she, a hard shop she, life. <laughs> she she worked the first one, hated it. 
made everybody's life a living hell. Everybody. Oh God. Telling everybody she'd never done this, telling all that. She hated it so much. On Wednesday, she warned everybody. Everybody. If I work this Saturday, if they make me work this Saturday again, I'm going to put in my notice. Mm. If I have to work. Res- I mean, she told technicians. She told- now technicians and everybody's like, oh, she's going to quit. She's going to quit. Oh, she can't quit. She can't quit. We make money off of her. We- she can't quit. Mm. Right? The warranty administrator comes in and speaks, knocks on the door. Hi, Mr. Fix Operations Director. I just want to give you the inside scoop that, you know, there's a lot of tension going around that she says she's going to quit if she has to work this Saturday. Here comes Friday. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, mind you, our Fix Operations Director usually left at three o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Just being honest. He was yeah. out at four, that three. It's four o'clock. Good for him. Four o'clock. Pulls her in. Hey, let's talk. What time will you be here tomorrow? I'm not working tomorrow. He goes, why not? I told you that I don't work Saturdays and this is not going to work for me. I have other things. I have a doctor's appointment I have to go to. Oh, really? Do you have a doctor's note? I don't have to provide you anything. I'm just not going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Let, let, it's a decision you're going to make. That's perfectly fine. Um, if you don't make it here tomorrow, that's you telling me that you're resigning. Okay. That's what she said. Okay. I'll go back to my desk and give you my two-week notice. And he was like, really? He, she's like, yeah. You're not listening to me. I don't work Saturdays. I've been the number one service advisor in this place for over 15 years. I've trained half of the people here at how to even be mediocre. I, this is my shop. Mm-hmm. These are my techs. Do you understand that? And if you think you can come in here and tell me and manage me on how I need to perform or how, how, how these other people don't even come close to my class of performance, you're sadly mistaken. I'm not working tomorrow. You're going to have to make some different arrangements. And he literally says, go back to your desk. Write that letter. I need it. <laughs> so she goes and I'm telling you she stomped out she and we knew what she's you know here's a tapping on her thing she prints it out she goes back into his office hands it to him and he goes she goes I'll work the two weeks but I'm not here tomorrow he goes you won't have to because you're right tomorrow's your day off and she comes she could big old smile and she goes that's what I thought he goes no, because today's your last day. <laughs> you get the rest of the day off. It was. And she goes, What? And I'm like, Today's your thank you. I have the opportunity. This is now in my hand. Right? And she she literally tried to snatch it off of his hand. And he goes, No, 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 no. This is your signature. Thank you. We accept it. We think that this has been great. I think that it's a great opportunity for you to go clean your desk. We thank you for your years of service. Today is your last day. He literally got on the phone with HR upstairs and goes, can you please prepare the last pay and last everything? And the the lady on the phone was like, what? Today is so-and-so's last day. 
please have this ready for me. I need it back ASAP. Mm. It was silence everywhere. Silence. Silence. And he says, you have 10 minutes to leave the property before I call the police. Because he knew she was going to go and do her thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want disruption. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you got you to gotta get them off because otherwise they'll raise holy hell sometimes. You know? 100%. Yeah. So he did. He did what he did. He called the general manager first. Thankfully, the general manager supported him. And guess who? The controller walked her out. <laughs> Shoot the terrorist, man. Yeah. Shoot. And let me tell you right then, okay, everybody after that was in pure joy. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We broke the record next month because all the stuff that she would do to people to unwind them, they didn't have to worry about that. They weren't living in fear. They attacked they were so happy she wasn't there. They went and take hood. Their their customer service experience amplified tenfold because they knew they had to make up for it. They had to convince all these people that would come for her that they could take care of them. Right. I think you, you got to have a, a certain level of humility to be part of a team. Like a, you're a solopreneur. You're out doing what you want to do. You can have some arrogance like that to yourself, but – I think when you're when you're acting a, a, in a group and you're part of a team, you can't you can't have that level of arrogance. And I think you you need to you need to be humble. And I remember one of my mentors told me a long time ago. He said, "You're always looking for people that are humble, hungry, smart. You know, humble, hungry, smart. Those are the people you want to look for. They're humble. They're like, yes, please, I'm coachable. Teach me the way. You know, they're smart. They can pick things up. They're hungry." They they they're eager. They want to go and, mm-hmm. and go attack it. And if you have that, that trumps the bully, in my opinion. That trumps the um, you know the person that's entitled, that, that that has some skills and that can do things, but lost that humility. You know, they just lost that thing. And it's like, it, 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 there's nothing you can do. You're you're done. They're going to spoil your whole team. They're going to ruin your life. They're going to make you miserable. Why are they there? Exactly. Right? It's like you cannot grow around one person. You can't. You have to have a team. You know, somebody that that, that, that people want to charge. When you want to charge up that hill, you can't have somebody down there going, well, I'm not going. Right? Everybody's got to charge up that hill. Right. And so you just, yeah, I, I don't know. I I wish that I've seen examples of getting that turned around. And if anybody's listening out there and they want to send some insights in or, or, or write us a comment and and talk about maybe a time in which you saw somebody that was entitled or a bully and uh, they were able to kind of turn around and kind of find their humility again and without having to be terminated. I'd love to hear that story because, I mean, I've been doing this, you know, 30 plus years and I haven't seen it yet. Right. And it, it, it to me, I hate the fact that that's the answer. But if you go back to where we were at like whatever it was, three minutes, 30 seconds into the podcast where we gave the answer to the problem, you know, and and the answer, I wish the answer wasn't terminate, but that's just what it is. I don't know any other way around it. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. All right. So, so again, our listeners are not going to like that we say terminate because it, it, it terrifies them. It terrifies them. Mm. Okay. It terrifies them. So. Let's let's think of some, you know, optional items or whatever we can to say. Okay, first and foremost, take control, set the standard, 
set the directive, mm-hmm. and execute. You know, if you don't want to lose them or you don't want to fire them, you got to just tell them, look, I'm the boss. I set the rules. I set the parameters. Yeah, a lot of it starts without clearly defined yeah, standards or exactly. parameters, right? Exactly. So. I mean, we listened to two, today, today. We had the bully, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing something where everybody's supposed to print out their, or, or text their, their numbers and their performance numbers. And the bully, the bully, sends out their numbers and then says a condescending you know, comment afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And the manager never responded. We didn't respond either. I mean, it was it was it was it was really attacking us, right? We didn't respond. We were above it. Instead, we got a conversation, and we called a meeting with the general manager and the service manager, and said, "Look, we, you have a problem, and it's not us. You have a problem." And the saddest thing we had to tell the managers: Do you not understand how he just they just embarrassed you? They embarrassed you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think he, he, like, I think they look at that and go, ah, well, you know, they're always joking around or whatever. And he's, they're saying that, but the truth of the matter is, is it's really a punch in the face of the leadership that's there. Absolutely. Because it's saying that I'm not going to play your game. And I also can say whatever I want to say without consequence. Right. And that to me is a dangerous place as a leader you know, they're setting the tone. Like when you look out at the landscape of that, what you see is that person's in charge. Correct. And the leader's not. Right. I mean, if you're out there and you're a leader and you've got that problem, you have to recognize it first. Absolutely. First and foremost, understand that if somebody's dictating policy, if somebody's dictating schedules, if somebody's dictating where they work, who they work with, when they work, they're laying down policy to you. You're in a bad position. You never want to be there. Absolutely. There's nobody that's that important, including like, I'm sorry, but I was, you know, I, I, I'd gone in and turned service departments around and, uh, and, and got them from losing money to profitability. And I still know that I'm expendable. Right. Right. I still understand that, that I, that I'm there to help them. I'm yeah. there to provide value to them, but I'm no, in no way am I entitled to this. Right. 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 And even even though you're getting them results, it doesn't guarantee me anything. Yeah. And so that's the thing. They, they if you don't if you got somebody that's that's doing that to you, you've got to find a way get that under control. Create some standards. Maybe you can stamp it out. Maybe you can get things back under control. And I think your thing with the schedule, I've done that before in the past in a lot of different places where the top person gets to pick their schedule. Yep. An easy way to kind of start to level out the playing field. Hey, you don't want to work Saturday? Get your numbers up. Right. right. Um, you know, and create a scoreboard, tracking them. What are you tracking? What does that look like? What are your expectations? What are your minimum standards, right? Right. Um, the other thing too is in your story, you said that they hired somebody that would then became number one. Right. right? Always be on the lookout for top yeah. talent. Get somebody in there. If you've got somebody exactly. that's, that's dictating policy because they're the only show in town, they're the only person right now yeah. that's getting numbers, hire somebody else that gets numbers it it automatically starts to level things out for you. Right. And let me tell you something. You know, he was very strategic, the fixed ops director. He was mm-hmm. because he knew that, that that guy who was number 1 mm-hmm. had had been there for almost a year by the time that happened. Right. So this was a long game play. Like very he knew he goes, if I'm going to get to her and control her, I have to put I have to put competition in place. And so the thing is is that you as a leader you you have to build a team of superpower people. Yeah. 
right? And you need to know how to encourage those people to do what they need to do to get to the to to, to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm telling you right now, I see it time and time again in so many of departments is that you have that one superstar. They just focus on that one superstar. Yep. That's that one person. That one person. Every single one of the stores that we have has that one. Oh, yeah. I've been I've been in 100 service departments, at least, if not more. Every time I'm there, there's one of those guys. There's one. And I'm like, get two, have three, have four. Like, what's going on? They're not always bullies. Don't get me wrong. No, no. A lot of times they're super humble and. Like very appreciative of the, the position they're in, and love their manager, and like, you know, they're not a, they're not always bullies, but there is always one person that's the top dog, right? There's always one person that's that's got the big numbers that that seems to be the um, the leader in terms of of how much they contribute to the team. You know? Yeah, and you know, th- those guys are my favorites when they're the ones who keep the other ones accountable. You yes, know? those are the guys. Those are the guys that say, "Hey, you know what?" I don't want you here if you're going to yeah. be this lazy. I don't want you here if you're going to give this level of performance because mm-hmm. you're making me look bad. You need right. to go. You know what I'm saying? I, I listened to a book with Stephen Covey, and he was talking about that. And he was saying uh, – or was a, it was maybe it was a training program or something. Um, he was talking about how you know guys are there around the water cooler, and they're, they're talking about the manager, and they're bad-mouthing him, and they're talking about areas where he's weak and you know this and that. And the thing he was saying is you got to support that guy. Like that person that's in charge, he's not going to have every skill. Right. Right. He needs people underneath him who are there to support him and help him to run this thing, right? And when you become part of that, you become you become as big as the machine. Those are the people that that people look at and say they they should be they should be promoted. They they want to do something more with because they they're they're more than just a talent. They're the team player. Yeah, but you know what? And I and, and, and I agree with you, but here here here's the reality of it, okay? This is what our listeners are saying. Lay it on me. That guy's a brown noser. <laughs> he's a brown noser. <laughs> like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. the guy where it's like, oh, this guy, man. He wants to just be on the you know, on the pro manager team. Like, oh god, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's hard. It is so hard to play both sides, right? Because you want to, you want to be, you you want to be accepted by your peers. You want to be a part of their th- mm-hmm. thing, right? So if you support the manager and their ideas and whatnot, then you become you have a possibility of just being the brown noser, and you're like, you know, you you start losing your credibility. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's a very fine line of things. I think. I mean, if you think about, it, I've seen brown noses before, and, and and that stands out. There's no doubt. But I think a brown noser is somebody with little talent that's just a suck up. So let's say a guy's got, you know, got, you know, is not, he's a tech that's not turning hours. You know, he can't produce. Is he like, is he like that guy in the office? That, what's that guy that's with Michael that always wants to be the assistant? Oh, uh, Dwight. Dwight. Uh, no, actually, Dwight was a top salesperson in the company. So. Was he? Yeah. He was. Okay. I didn't yeah. know. Um, but, you know, it's like that, though. It is like that where the person's a suck up and it's, it's obvious and it's annoying and the the other side of that is there's no performance on the other side so they're using the suck up to try to mask their low performance right i'm going to be super nice to you and i'm going to be i'm going to suck up to you so that way you don't fire me cuz i'm the low performer mm. i mean that's also a form of bullying too that right that's so true so um yeah but there's that person that you have to respect him because he's got the knowledge he's got the skill he's a top performer his numbers are high he believes in the manager and the leadership. He wants to do well. 
and and that's somebody you can build a team around, you know, that's somebody that can be part of something big. Um, and I think to me, those are the people that you want to recruit. You're looking for them. So I, I've had them before my team when I was in in management and working at the store. I've seen them, you know, in the places that I've been. And I mean, I'm you've seen them too. Yeah, I mean, you could name them. Yeah, and uh, um, I think that they're out there. And if you feel like you're dreading coming to work and you're like that guy, you just don't even want to go talk to that guy. If my story about my manager that didn't want to go out in the shop mm-hmm. because he knows that guy's such a jerk. He just doesn't want to hear it from him. Um, so he avoids him. If you're, if you're, if you're even a few percentage points of that, you need to really take a hard look at who's, who's really running the show. All right. Well, let's close it out. G man. What are your, what are your takeaways? What are, what are we going to send the people out with? What are the, Give me a couple things. Well, my thing is number one, just what I just said. Right. Like, figure out who that is and, and and recognize it. Don't look away from it. Right. And then take action. So you know, like you said, create standards, have rules, make sure they're they're equal for everybody, and uh, and let them know what's expected of them. And then I think also to uh, a measure, right? Measure their performance, measure and report, and that way you know everybody can see where they're at. You know, somebody that says, oh, well, they're number one, you know, but meanwhile, they're writing, you know, three times as many tickets as everybody else. And but their hours per hour, are like 0.7, you know what I mean? Their ELR is like a sub hundred. Um, that's not necessarily to me a top performer. That's just somebody that's that's working off of volume. Right. Right. And that's not that's not going to work. So right. you need you need people that can take care of customers. So if I see that, yeah, that guy's number's big, but we're not really capitalizing on each opportunity. Right. Um, so I'd look for that. I, but you only get there by measuring, right? So measure, you know, in, it's the old euphemism, and I'm full of them, but it's inspect what you expect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think take action. I think you're, you're, you, let's say you manage 50, 60, 100 people, you know, it, 99 of those people are going to respect you when they see you take action on that one person. And, and don't be afraid to really just, you know, call them right to the carpet and push them right to the edge because, it's got to be your show. Gary, stop being you nice. You have to run it. Fire them. Fire them. Fire. I'm being politically Fire. correct. Fire. Fire. Uh, all right. Well, this was great. G-Man, thank you so much yes, for sir. participating. This is the hard shop life. Talking about some hard shop issues, right? That's tough. Yep. It's tough when we talk about things like this. But you know what? It's to empower you. If any of you guys need more information, we're going to have some tools. We're going to have some ideas. We're going to have some some resources. We're going to have some some stuff we can give you. Go on our website. Go on our Facebook page. We're here to stay and here to play. So, uh, G-Man, thank you again for your time. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, this is Coach Coach Jay. Jay. This is Coach Jay signing off. Adios. Adios.